Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. The volume. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code JOHN. New customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code J-O-H-N, JOHN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff. Little Go Low podcast today. We're going to talk a little PGA Tour golf. There was some breaking news with the live, the investment, and everything that happened today. So I wanted to give my two cents on that in the landscape of a sport that is in chaos right now. No way around it. Some call it a sport. Some call it a hobby. Some called. I, I played today, so uh, I, I was in the mood. I, I talked to my guy Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He works on Sirius XM, the PGA Tour channel. He's been covering golf for 25 years. There's a lot of gambling stuff. He will join us as well. He's at Pebble Beach. We're not going to talk as much gambling this week. I'm not even gambling on Pebble Beach. It's just the win. There's no cut. I'm not even going to. It's just impossible to, to gamble this week. We'll be having picks next week for waste management. But this will be kind of my, my thoughts on the current state of uh, the breaking news today of guys like Steve Cohen and Arthur Blank and the Fenway Group investing in the PGA Tour the Saudis are still on the outside, what all this means for everything, which ultimately just kind of sucks for us fans. And the plan will be golf podcast today. I, I, I did. I saw Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator, got hired in Seattle, did a reaction video. That is up on the YouTube page. So my golf stuff and the football stuff is all under the same YouTube page, John Middlecoff. So just uh, three and out, go low. Obviously, this content will be there as well. And then I'll do a big mailbag on uh, on Friday, football-wise. I also created last year a, a Instagram for golf stuff. 
Uh, it's GoLoPod, at GoLoPod. So pro- definitely during the year, we will interact. I mean, just any golf question, whether it's just about yourself, questions about the PJ Tour, betting, you name it. At GoLoPod is an Instagram that's golf-centric that that my team runs, a.k.a. myself. So I, I, I'm i going to try to put a lot of golf content on there in 2024, that's for sure. Me playing around, me screwing around, and just uh, got to get better at that as a content creator. This will be a golf-heavy podcast and then back football tomorrow. So uh, let's roll. But let's just let's just start. I was just driving home because this is the last day at TPC uh, on Wednesday before they close it to, you know, the pros. Now, it's open to the pros all year long, but I mean for the tournament. And when right between hole 9 and 10, there was like this huge area uh, for, a, for a practice, you know, driving range, practice facility. It's where they put their merchandise tent. And on the merchandise tent, they put all the former past champions. And those are guys like Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson. You know, Bryson DeChambeau has played very, very well at this tournament. And driving home, I thought, you know what's crazy about in other sports? Football, for example. When Peyton Manning or Tom Brady hit free agency, you know, Peyton had the bad neck and Tom was Peyton was cut. Tom Bel- Belichick just said, I don't want you anymore. Whenever they ultimately signed, and Tom, remember, took a small deal, right? He didn't make that much money. No one, no one beside a diehard Denver Bronco fan could be like, oh yeah, I remember when he signed that six-year or five-year $80 million contract in 2012. Because after the initial report of a guy moving teams or Kevin Durant joining the Warriors, like no one actually gives a shit about the money, right? Lamar Jackson got paid and then it's like, was he still good or bad? Like Jalen Hurts got a lot of money. Like, is he still an elite player? And I think one problem with golf is it's nowhere near the power of football. It's a niche sport. And because the Saudis came in, rightfully so, because the business model of golf was all screwed up, they have thrown everything off kilter. And the moment I saw Tiger Woods in the fall talk about, it was the Hero Championship, which is which is his event, and he gave a press conference. And this was, you know, I, I forget the exact date, maybe mid-late November, maybe early December. And he kind of acted like a tough guy in the sense of like, yeah, we're not guaranteed to do a deal with the Saudis. Like, we'll see what private investments we can get. And I knew right there this is going to be problematic because in no world in this country can, and listen, a lot of the reason these guys are investing isn't just because golf is quote-unquote undervalued or they see great business opportunity. A lot of it is golf is, you know, these elites want access to the PGA Tour. They can buy a piece of it. They give out a little equity. They think they can make some money back. But a lot of it is access. You're not going to be able to make the returns you're making in the National Football League. You're just not. The ratings of Torrey Pines last week were like $1.5 million on Saturday. Last year when Max Homa was battling guys like John Rahm, it was like almost 2.75 million people watched. So they, they lost a lot of viewers in a year span. No sport is big enough. I couldn't go to the NFL and start another league and take away Bosa, TJ Watt, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and uh, CJ Stroud to the other league and it'd be okay. And the NFL is about as bulletproof as anything. I, I can't take your best talent and be unfaced. And right now, the report about this morning about the equity and the players getting equity and all the infusion of money, I, I got news for you. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. And Max Homa tweeted about this, kind of saying, like, I know no one cares. We got to figure out to make this a better product. The only way for this to be a good product, the reason waste management is always so awesome. Last year, it was uh, Scheffler with Rom on his heels. John Rom is now gone. So when you have these events and you have DJ, multiple-time major champion, Brooks Kepka, who's won about five, Bryson DeChambeau, one of the better, you know, more polarizing under 30 guys in the game of golf, U.S. Open champion. Obviously, bringing John Rahm, you could argue the best player in the world, definitely one of them. Even getting personalities like Patrick Reed and Terrell Hatton. You need people in sports. One reason the Yankees and the Lakers are so big is because not just fans like them, a lot of people hate them. 
And in any business, when it comes to entertainment, whether you're a podcaster, whether you're in golf or football, you need to invoke emotion, right? You got to have people rooting for and people rooting against. And the PGA Tour and obviously all the older Euros that were taken off, you watch it, it's kind of bland and boring now. And I'm a high-end golf consumer. I watch the majority of tournaments. I gamble on golf. I play a lot of golf. I do a podcast that I'm like, I'm going to start talking about golf the last couple of years. And I found at Torrey Pines, if I wouldn't have had a lot of money on Ludwig getting in the top 10, no chance I would have watched it. Beside a couple holes, right? When nothing's going on. But I would not have taken time out of my Saturday to watch a bunch of guys I've never heard of. And the reason you're going to start getting some of these more often in the no-cut events is because the fields are really diluted. And then this week, for example, at AT&T, I have a close family member who is plays golf in that area. And he said last year, Pebble Beach and the powers that be were very, very mad because their field really sucked. Because up until last year, the, the events going on in the Middle East had paid players to come over. So a lot of guys did not play at Pebble Beach. And part of it is the pro-am, it's slow. So the fields sucked. Beside Jordan Spieth, who is, an, you know, AT&T is one of his biggest, biggest sponsors, no one played. So now they have to rotate to keep these sponsors involved. And they do these fields. Because listen, golf's unique, right? You're not guaranteed if you have a 150-man field and there's a cut to have Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, John Rahm, and DJ playing Saturday and Sunday in meaningful rounds. You know, in football, if Patrick Mahomes is playing, he's in the game the entire time. With golf, with a cut, you could be gone. But isn't that what makes the sport so great? Like, I'm sorry, this week, a short, a small field of 70 to 80 guys, no cut event, which is just giving out money. It's cool if you're those guys. But for me, the consumer, these businesses exist because of us. And I I don't have any interest in consuming the product. Like, I don't care who wins. I don't care to gamble on it. Like, I'll I'll peek at it. But I I do think that that hurts it. And it's been proven that these no-cut events don't really work for us. So golf is, unofficially, it's been broken for a while. Today, when you see the news about these investments, I think it's officially screwed up. Because it's pretty clear that Liv and this merger is still a pretty, you know, a ways out for all these guys playing together. At least that's what it feels today. And as long as you can't have Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, and all those guys playing with John Rom, DJ, Kepka, Bryson, Cam Smith, we got a problem, right? And right now it's just the majors. It's basically four times a year. And that sucks, right? It really does. And you could argue that it's a big buildup for those tournaments, true. But those tournaments have always been big. I mean, the Masters, one of the biggest events we have in this country. It gets 10 to 15 million people to watch every single year, right? That's, that's, that would be big if me and you were playing in it. But to lose, I mean, waste management, the field, it's just dramatically different with all these guys gone. The Players' Championship, dramatically different. Memorial, all, all these tournaments. Golf doesn't have that many events that truly matter beside the majors, you know, there's probably under five where you could go, yeah, the majority of good players are going to be there. Riv. And that's not the case right now. And the other thing that, listen, I understand Tiger, who takes a lot of pride in the PGA Tour. He became a billionaire because of the PGA Tour. I, I totally understand his stance. But trying to get these investment people, you know, our local businessmen, I mean, they're not local businessmen, but you know what I mean. The Arthur Blanks, the Steve Cohens, those type guys, to give you hundreds of millions of dollars. I, I get that. But if you're trying to strong arm the Saudis with those investments, you do understand those guys are laughing at you. And when you do this stuff, it also feels a little bit like, yeah, we're going to try to do this as long as possible without you. That's, that's impossible. They don't, we don't have to guess anymore. They don't want in on golf. They're in. And they have an unlimited budget. Unlimited amount of money. So I don't care how rich Arthur Blank is, how rich Steve Cohen is, they have that type money in their couch cushions. They can pay a golfer $500 million, one guy, and not even blink. It does not matter. They offered Tiger 700 to $800 million. He can barely even play. They didn't give a shit. They just wanted him on their tour. And one thing was clear is once they announced that they were going to do business, some of these guys were like, what am I staying loyal for? What are we even doing? 
this equity. So I get equity. Part of like I I was listening to this pod, a business podcast, and they were talking about how Elon, you know, gives a lot of equity in terms of shares and stuff to to everyone that works at Tesla. It's why I guess the the operation at Tesla is pretty impressive in terms of the workers. And when you're invested in something that you know has a chance to make a lot of money, it makes a lot of sense. So when I have stock options and I'm working at a Costco, an Apple, a Facebook, a Tesla, it's pretty tangible. Stuff like this, like I don't know if I really see it. And I also see that from the investment side, how are you going to justify like the PGA Tour said last year when their when their purses went from like 12 or 13 million to 20 to 25 that the whole thing would crumble within a couple years. You see what they have to ask these sponsors now. We need double the amount. And all these companies, Farmers Insurance, Wells Fargo, you name it. You go around, you know, the year of the different tournaments, they're all pulling out. They're like, yeah, this doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Because part of it, it didn't even make sense before, but we want in, we want the access. It's good for our clients. It just makes sense. We give back to charity. Well, they've jumped the shark. And, and, And they were forced to because of the Saudis. But this gets back to the elephant in the room. They have an unlimited amount of money. <laughs> it never ends. Like if if football, there was no salary cap, there would be some teams that would pay some players that other teams would not be able to compete with. But that's not the case. They, they have a salary cap and everyone has the money to pay players, right? You see it in baseball. Like the Yankees and the Dodgers have a lot more disposable income than say the Tampa Bay Rays or the Oakland Athletics. And that is a little bit what golf feels right, like right now is the Saudi and the live and that operation is just dealing on a different level because of the amount of cash they have available to them and their willingness to spend it. And also their willingness, they're not looking to turn a profit. They do not care because clearly no one's watching. I love golf. I, I, I've probably watched a total in two years of 18 holes of that, of that league. And they have star players. It does not matter. So it's just about bleeding and screwing over the PGA Tour slash getting them to agree to like, I don't even want to say a hostile takeover, but like, let's do business. And anytime you do business with someone who has all the money, they kind of usually get the control. So I understand from the PGA Tour standpoint, doing everything humanly possible, you know, to guard the gates here, but eventually those gates are going to be shattered down. So you're just delaying the inevitable. And when I saw the just kind of the outline of this, I'm like, this is this feels so hollow. This feels so short-sighted. I, I just don't think this is going to work. Now, I know you have to do something to keep some of the guys that stayed on the tour, make it worth it for them, keep them somewhat loyal, and I, I guess try to make them whole. But ultimately, when Steve Cohen does business, he likes to get his money back. You ever, you ever read uh, whatever that book's called? It's got, a, I think it's got like a shark on the front. It's all about him. It's like what the show Billions was about. Like, dude's a financial killer. These guys aren't in business just for, to say that I own part of the PGA Tour. Like, they, they want to get an ROI. And Yasser and MBS and those guys clearly don't care. So I, I think the inevitable outcome in this, now listen, there are legalities, the DOJ, I, I can't even pretend to know how that would all play out. But if, the, if you do not do business with them, you will lose. Because what's going on right now is not a sustainable model. It's really not. And it's simply because you can't split, like, you can't have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and LeBron playing in this league, and then Jokic, Luka, and Tatum, and three other guys playing in another league. That's that's not going to work in 2024. We got too many options. We have too much time. You got to consolidate. This was a niche sport to begin with. So, I'm nervous. As someone who... I'm a football golf guy, and I, I don't really like what I'm seeing right now because I don't think the last we've seen the last of these guys going over there. And if you're the Saudis and you see something like this today, like I would put the double press into a couple more guys I like. I would try to build a new team around, hey, Xander and Cantley, are you sure? Hey, Tony Finau, JT, are you sure? Here's $400 million. And just keep, and, and even if you can't get them, hey, Ludwig, get some of the young cats. Hey, you want in on this? We'll give you $150 million. This isn't equity. I've gotten equity before in some startups when I first got into the the podcast world. Nothing happened. So just because you get equity doesn't mean the company's going to turn into Microsoft or the company's going to turn into the National Football League. Now, the PGA Tour is already established, but what's the actual value there? 
it is kind of based on how many people are watching. And I'm seeing this in the NBA right now. Their ratings are diminished. The consumer's not consuming them like they used to do. So it's proven that the only thing we can all agree on to watch is the NFL. Why? Because all the best players play, everyone tries. Right? You know when you turn on the TV, you're going to get everyone's best effort. In golf right now, I turn on the TV. I don't even know who half the players are. Uh, I don't know where some of the guys I'm used to watching have gone. Right? They're on the CW where I watch, you know, that has live and uh, University of North Carolina football games because I got the ACC and the Barstool Bowl. But I think golf has major, major issues. And to act, and I was driving to, uh, actually dropped the dog off today at the uh, at the groomers. I turned on PGA Radio, and even they were saying, like, this, you still got a lot of questions to answer here. You can't feel good about this just because you throw out a headline. And this also feels like we're in the day and age of just getting press releases. No one beside the players, right, we don't give a shit about press releases. When can all these guys, like, hey, uh, this week at Riviera, all these guys are getting together. I've said it over and over. Let these guys come back on the tour. Like, hey, you guys want to play Waste Management? You want to play Riv? You want to play the Memorial? You, you want to play any tournaments? Doors are open. And they once made the mistake of blocking them off. And it's it's that wasn't the main reason, but it's led to this just chaotic environment. And anytime you have a chaotic environment, if there's a lot going on in society, people are just going to tune you out. And this is what I said about like, Part of like people tuned in forever with Belichick and Brady, it wasn't just because they were great. Like a lot of people rooted against them. A lot of people wanted to see them fall. That's powerful. There's a reason Duke basketball got such high ratings for so long. People watched them rooting for them to lose. Like that's a powerful thing to either hate them or love them. You never want to be in the middle. That apathetic, indifferent, I don't care. No different in a relationship. She either loves you, she hates you, but at least she's emotionally moved by you. The moment she stops thinking about you, calling you, or texting you, she gone. And that's what I feel is like starting to happen with the uh, with just fans with golf. Like, what is happening? What is going on? Can we just get everyone together, round up some money, and just play for a lot of it, and just watch guys go at it? That's what happened my entire life, and it was kind of enjoyable, right? Uh, but that, that feels like that's long gone. And my confidence level on everyone figuring this out, everyone getting together. I don't care what press release. You tell me. This is all I care about. I don't care about a press release. I don't care the, the PIF and the Saudis and the same thing. And the Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour have agreed to a deal. Tell me when there's a golf tournament that isn't a major and everyone's playing. Tell me, hey, Jack's place, DJ's going to be there, Bryson's going to be there, Kepka's going to be there, Cam Smith's going to be there. Terrell Hatton's going to be there, as well as all the PGA Tour guys. Then I'm interested. But right now, I'm going to keep gambling on the PGA Tour because I like it and I got issues and I'm kind of a degenerate. But it's not its not as enjoyable. And you really felt it last week. You're going to feel it next week at the Waste Management. I mean, you can't afford to miss this many guys. These guys are stars, right? I mean, these guys are major champions time and time again. Some of the best players in the history of the sport. Even Phil, who quote-unquote, you know, we could call him washed. He's old. He is a massive, massive draw. I mean, he's pretty freaking famous. It's kind of a big deal to have him in your tournament. I mean, he's just long gone. Doesn't even care. He's just tweeting now like, oh, cool to see these guys kind of admitting they were wrong. And I, I don't even care. We don't even care on the outside now at this point who's right or wrong. I, I, everyone's rich. The live guys are rich. All the PGA Tour top guys might be a little less rich, but they're not checking into the airport. They're, they're flying net jets. They got big-ass houses in Scottsdale, in Dallas, in Jupiter. Like, they ain't, they ain't making $150,000 a year. Even this year on the PGA Tour, if you made, if you got your tour card, it, it guaranteed you $500,000. Most of these guys are going to make anywhere between three to $8 million just playing. That's beside the guys that are going to win the big-time tournaments. So it's just, it's just kind of sad. And uh, as someone that follows golf and football really closely, it's crazy how opposite both are. Football feels as strong as it's ever been. I mean, we complain about it, but that's human nature. We complain about a lot of things. But the ratings, the interest, everywhere you go, people are talking football. I mean, I played golf today with a 70-year-old business owner from Oklahoma, and we talked multiple holes about Baker Mayfield, about how he was getting screwed. He got some raw deals with coaches. You know, he's kind of a hothead. I mean, this guy had a million opinions on him. 
million. It just couldn't stop talking about Baker Mayfield. And it just, you know, when Baker Mayfield's on the Bucks, like, you're just going to watch him play 17 games. And he's going to play against whoever they're playing that week. Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, you know, Matt Stafford, whoever. They all just play each other. And it's, that's how it works. They're all in it together. Like, ultimately in football, the 49ers have been part of the highest rated games over the last 10 years. Them and the Cowboys. Tampa and a lot of these other teams have not. Tampa's a bad example because they got Brady for a couple years. But, you know, choose the Carolina Panthers or just... But everyone makes the same amount of money because they're partners. And the stronger you are as a group, the more money you can make. It's, It's like that in life. You can only do so much so far. Like, if you're listening or watching this podcast... I just record it. Then we got, you know, James is working the video. We got Adam working the audio. We got Christian helping out on both sides. We have a team of like five, six people on every show. When I record with Colin, we got 10 guys on the Zoom. Like you can't do, you can do nothing yourself. You need help. And it feels like everyone's kind of doing their own thing, all this mercenary stuff. Even Kevin Durant, everyone talks shit about him being quote unquote this mercenary when he went to Golden State. He still stayed in the league. <laughs> he was still playing against LeBron James and Giannis. And we, you, you can hate on him going to Golden State all you want. It's not like he's like, eh, guys, I'm leaving to uh, Greece. See you guys. I'm, I'm going to play in this Greek league or, or, Chi- or Chinese league. They offered me $100 million a year. See you. Peace out. <laughs> right? That, that would have been like, what the fuck? No. He's like, you went to a team. Everyone got pissed off because he went to the team to beat him. But he was still in the league. And that's what, every time this guy goes to live, you're like, see ya, adios, never going to see you again. That just sucks. I, I don't really don't know what else to say. Uh, beside like, yeah, I, I think there's, there's just a lot of fluff with a lot of these announcements. One thing I've learned now, uh, and I got pretty fired up, you know, the announcement when CNBC had on Jay Monahan and Yasser from the PIF. And it was like, God, these guys are going to do a deal. These guys are going to do business together. And then all of a sudden we're, it's, February 1st, nothing. It's like, no. So you can't, a lot of time with PR and stuff, we all buy into it and then it turns out none of it's true. Okay, football season's not quite over yet, but we had this little week off. I had to text my main man, Jason Sobel. You can find him, Action Network. You can find him on Sirius. I was listening to him yesterday driving around talking about taking the red eye out to where he's sitting right now, overlooking the Pacific Ocean. But as anyone knows, it's from Northern California. Monterey ain't San Diego. It ain't always hot and and warm. It has got to be chilly and windy out there right now. I've got three layers on. I'm sitting in this tent where, yeah, the tent's actually blocking the greatest view in like the entire world. I've got Stillwater Cove right behind me, and yet I'm facing away from it because we got this tent here. It's cold. I mean, I... Yeah, like I come from Florida, man. I, I'm not suited for this, and yet this might be the best day we get all week. It's going to be a little nasty here at Pebble this week. You know, your boy, I, I've changed up my gambling strategy. For years, I, I got t- probably too aggressive on winners, and it's just you hit yeah. one, and it keeps you going the rest of the year in terms of that mentality. It is stupid. I have been hammering top tens from JT Poston to Tony Finau to my guy Ludwig. That that's the way, especially early once you kind of get a feel on some guys. Now moving forward, uh, you know, we were we were gonna put this out on Wednesday, but I, I don't even I don't even think it's very easy to gamble this week given the weather and given all the variables. But the next couple weeks, I mean, waste management and Riv, which you know, is it f- fair to say Tiger's gonna be playing in that event? I assume so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, are going to be uh, well gambled on. I, my early take right now, Justin Thomas is winning, and he's winning early. I kind of like him at uh, at waste management here in like five, six days. I have a one-and-done pool where we have to put in the picks before the year started, and we took Justin Thomas in Phoenix based on track record and based on I, – I just had a feeling that's where the momentum was going. It, it's getting there, and for those people that didn't look at JT that only know – I had a bad season last year. didn't make the playoffs. They handed him a Ryder Cup spot. If you haven't been paying attention to Justin Thomas, four top fives in his last four worldwide starts. I mean, the guy's playing some really good golf right now. I, I know we always hear from players. The top players in the world are never like, I'm not even close right now. I'm not going to play well. They always go, yeah, I'm really close. Either I'm there or I'm really close. 
Justin Thomas in his press conference today said, I'm really close, and it's hard not to believe him. I, I think it's coming really soon for him. Hey, let's talk some big picture stuff. Torrey Pines is an incredible tournament. We've had some really famous guys win there, obviously, over the years. That was the first time that it really felt like, yeah, this is you're feeling this split. And let's face it, at this point in time, we're all numb to it. But it's just this this is not the NFL. You can't afford to keep losing guys like John Rahm. Now Terrell Hatton joining his team. Yep. Obviously, the the merge, you talk about it a lot on your radio show, feels inevitable, but as of right now, nothing's happened. So, like, and clearly this year, it's not going to change anything in 2024. So these nope. fields, I mean, th- th- has golf ever been as unhealthy as it is right now for a sport that has as many stars as it has? You know, ever is certainly a long time. So, I, but in the, in, right the in the internet, yeah. Tiger Woods age. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's not great. Look, Tiger changed the game in, in many, many ways. And I, I heard this years ago, and I've glommed onto it for a long time, that golf was always a niche sport until Tiger came along, and it became a mainstream sport because of Tiger Woods. And everyone wanted to watch Tiger. And so even if it's becoming a bit of a niche sport without Tiger playing on a somewhat regular basis anymore – this has really divided everything. It's made it hard to be a golf fan. I have buddies all the time in my club. We're playing golf, and they'll go, wait, is this guy, what What league is he? Is he PGA Tour? Is he live? They don't know who's playing where. And quite honestly, a lot of their entertainment value has gone from it. A, a lot of the players, and we talked about this on our show the other day on PGA Tour Radio, that a lot of the players who inspire passion amongst the masses have left for live. And, you know, whether that was the early guys, the Phil, Sergio, Bubba, Bryson, Patrick Reed. I know people listening right now are Kepka. Like, yeah, I did, I, Kepka. I didn't like some of those guys. That's fine, but you had an opinion on them. There are too many players right now on the PGA Tour. Bad example, but Matthew Pavon wins at Torrey Pines last week. You go, hey, do you love that guy? Nah, I don't really know him that way. Do you hate him? Nah, of course I don't hate him. Well, what do you think? I don't know. He's got a beard. Seems like he's got a pretty good swing. That's about all you know about the guy. He doesn't inspire passion, at least not yet. And so I I think it's tough for the PGA Tour trying to find these personalities that are going to inspire that passion. And you're right. Look, Hatton joining the other day, I think that's a big blow to the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. I saw people who are pro-PGA Tour, anti-live on Twitter, trying to rationalize it as if like, oh, well, he's he's never even won a major, and yeah, he's he's just like got a bad temper. I'm like, he's one of the most fun dudes to watch in all of golf, and for the PGA Tour to lose him, it's another big blow. I, I don't know where this goes from here. Um, we're talking about the SSG, the Strategic Sports Group, infusing the PGA Tour with $300 billion. I don't even know what you do with that money. I don't know where it goes. I, I think it's probably a good thing. Anytime rich people want to give you more money to invest in your products, I don't think it's a bad thing. But yeah, at some point, either we've got to get all the game's best players together on a more regular basis again, or the majors are just going to be the four best tournaments by far, and the other ones are just going to lack something. Isn't it fair to say that there's a chance that obviously this year is no, it's not going to happen? Well, next year is no lock. I mean, this could be a couple years worth of the separation, and then there's already been a couple years. That's yep. a long time to lose some momentum that golf clearly got, you know, during shutdowns and the amount of people playing golf. Because when you play golf, it's easier to watch it because you can contextualize whether you shoot 100 or 80. It's just you gravitate. Well, the reason a lot of people play football or watch football, they probably played when they were young or basketball or baseball, right? Sure. Golf for it. When I was a kid, not as many people played. Now, way more people play. You're more likely to, to chime in. And this thing, like you're out there right now. Obviously, the players feel numb to it all. Like no one's talking mm-hmm. shit anymore when a guy leaves. But they're not numb to the fact that the overall business, like this is not, this is not good. So, is there any sign of like what's going to happen, or is everyone just in the dark beside the heavy hitters? I, I really don't think anyone has any great ideas. Um, as to what's going to happen moving forward. I do think that the PGA Tour needs to think more outside the box. We were talking the other day on our show about micing up players, and why don't they do it more often? I'm like, mic them all up. You know what? Ten years ago, the players might have balked at that, saying, 
We don't want to be mic'd up. We don't want to have our private conversations public. I would now, if I'm Jay Monahan, if I'm a PGA Tour executive, I go to the players and go, look, the goalposts have changed. I don't know if you've noticed over the last couple of years, we've lost a lot of momentum. We've lost a lot of fans. We have to do anything to bring them back and make this as entertaining a product as we can. And so that's something that I would be like, absolutely, we need to do this. We need to do it for every golf tournament, maybe the last two groups of the day, three groups of the day. These guys are all mic'd up. We can hear their conversations. What else should we do? I don't know. I, I would love to see a world in whether it's 2025, 2026, beyond that, where, look, if the PGA Tour and Live are going to coexist, let the PGA Tour have January through August. Let Live have September through December. If players from Live choose to play on the PGA Tour, let them play on the PGA Tour and let them go out there and play. If they only want to play Live, hey, I got the bag and I don't want to play the first eight months of the year, fine, then you just play for the last four months of every year and you don't have to. If players on the PGA Tour want to play live events, let them go do it. If they'd rather have an offseason and take four months off, they can do that instead. To me, that would be a perfect compromise. That's when we talk about deal and making a deal. It's not just financial. That, to me, would be a great deal for both tours. Get out of the way of each other. I forget the date. It might have been November or early December, whenever the hero was, and Tiger talked. And if you remember, Tiger kind of acted like a tough guy that day. In terms of a negotiator, he said, we're not locked to work with Liv. We're not, we have options. He kind of talked like a hedge fund guy would talk like, uh, we don't know the price. And then within a week or two, it started wrong, all these rumors. Cause it's like, they tried to act like I'm the boss here. And it's like, you're not, you don't have the money. And then immediately they steal wrong Cause they can offer a number. And it felt like after that, they went on CNBC that this was all over stealing the guys. They were going to work toward a finale. I felt everything changed that day when Tiger kind of acted like I'm kind of the commissioner now. I'm running this and we don't have to go with these guys. Like, no, you do. They have more money than Steve Cohen and all these other guys. They have an unlimited amount of money, Tiger. You have they have you surrounded. You have no choice. And ultimately, that's why it feels like it's still going to end up at that way. But they lost John Rahm and now Terrell Hatton. And they've been you know sniffing around Finau and all these other guys as well. I think what's happened and. Rom had this famous quote about uh, a year ago where he said, I, I pledged my fealty to the PGA Tour. Essentially, he is loyal to the tour that he was brought up on. And what changed for me, it's two things. First of all, it's, well, I don't really like the PGA Tour that much anymore. I don't know if I like live golf either, but I'm a golfer. And I'm going to make lots of money. I might as well go make the most money that I could possibly make. And it, it, if neither one of them is that appealing, then I'll go for the one with the bigger paycheck. And secondly, I believe that the PGA Tour, in starting to have negotiations with Live Golf, with the P with the PIF, they have essentially opened it up to guys like Rom, guys like Hatton, to say, "Well, if my own tour is negotiating with them, why can't I negotiate with them? Yeah. Why can't I go play over there?" Not to mention the fact that Rom essentially signed a three-year deal. We don't know the exact number, somewhere in the what four or five hundred million dollar range. I don't know. At that point, you kind of. Yeah, it's four hundred five. Uh, what's what's the difference? Another hundred million uh, between friends and a PIF. But he was. Would John, you say he was already really rich? But this took him to a in a different stratosphere. Whatever course. they're paying. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, I mean, that's that's it for all those guys, and I I don't blame them whatsoever. Look, you play golf for a living. The whole reason we work for a living is to go make more money. I I don't have a problem with it. That said, Rom signed a three year deal. There's no saying that Rob, after three years, can't say, okay, now I'm done playing live, had a su successful run there. Now we go reclaim my PGA Tour card. I don't even know if they understand what that would mean yet, but once your contract's done with the one league, why can't you go join another one? You're a free agent. And so that might be literally a three-year, $500 million deal or whatever it might be for Rom. And then all of a sudden he's back on the PGA Tour in a few years. What's the big deal? You mentioned it earlier. I mean, obviously, looking back, the biggest mistake they made, and I guess at the time they felt obligated, I mean, Jay specifically, if they could redo it all, they would not have banned them all for life, right? Because they would have – would they have guys playing last week and at waste in some of these tournaments? I, I know now Liv's playing some of the same weeks, but you know what I mean. Do you think he regrets that move? I don't know if they regret that move. I mean, the biggest regret here is that they never took them seriously in the first place. The 
the absolute arrogance of the PGA Tour to say no one can take down our product, no one is going to eat into our market share, no one's going to sign our players to other deals. Our players are who they are, and you know we control them, and we control the PGA Tour, and uh, that's what we're going to do. It, it's just honestly, there's not another word that I can come up for it, but arrogance. And they never thought that this could happen. They they didn't see a future where this was a possibility, and that's really really hurt them. And you know, quite honestly, I'm uh, I'm I'm surprised that there hasn't been more contrition on the part of the PGA Tour. Obviously, just talking with uh, those who run the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia is an admission that hey, we didn't get this right yeah, the first time, we and we got to fix things. But boy, it, it was just they screwed up from the beginning and. Uh, essentially now they're trying to clean up the mess that they made because of that. What's crazy is like you watch, you know, Ludwig stardom shoot like a rocket or even this, yep. this weekend, that nap kid from UCLA or, you know, we'll get into Dunlap. You know, any, the first thing you think about is like, I'm sure Norman and fucking Yasser are trying to get a hold of them. Right? No doubt. Absolutely. And they should, they should be going after Anthony Kim. All these Anthony yeah. Kim rumors. I've been saying for two years, John, if there's a white whale for live, it's AK. You go get him. What what player in the world do you want to watch more? Tiger Woods, maybe, and Tiger's not going to live. What other player in the can world you, do you, can you want to watch more? Can you explain to a lot of us that don't quite understand his situation in terms of why he's been out of the game, the insurance he quit? Was he injured? Did he just, I? you know, it's so long ago, I wasn't locked in like I would be now of a situation like that. I, I just remember watching him and I've watched the YouTube highlights, some of his Ryder Cup stuff, but right. why did he disappear and why is it such like, well, he can't come back because of the insurance money? What, what does that even mean? There's an insurance policy. It's been reported as $10 million. It, it, it might be less. It might be more. I mean, we haven't heard from Anthony Kim himself. We haven't heard from uh, an insurance company that said, Hey, here's, here's what he's going to owe us if he goes and plays golf again, but reported as $10 million. Um, there's some other things though. I think there was a lot of personal stuff. There were injuries from AK. There's some family things. And I had always heard that it was more of a family reason. His dad had pushed him into the game and this was sort of his resistance against his dad pushing back against him saying, Hey, look, you, you want, you want to push me to be a professional golf? Well, you know what? Now that I went, I'm not going to do it anymore just to uh, just to fight back against you. So I, I, I always hear the insurance policy thing, and I, I'm not so sure. I, I think there is one. I'm not sure. So sure that's the, uh, the number one reason why he stopped playing though and didn't go back to the PJ tour. So if he does come back, which rumors have it, is it fair to say like he's going to go to live, not the PJ tour? Because how could he just show back up on the PJ tour, right? No, he could. He's got past champion status. He will get into essentially every non-signature event that he wants to. Yeah, he'll he'll get into plenty of events. He'll have opportunities. So, um, again, if I'm live, I I throw the bag at him. Absolutely, that's the guy. Like Tyrrell Hatton's a great player. Tyrrell Hatton's animated. He's entertaining. He's a guy that can get people to watch. Nobody's getting you to watch like Anthony Kim, and, and Anthony Kim's the one guy that. For me, if I'm like, hey, I'm going to go play golf this Saturday with some buddies. If Anthony Kim signs with Liv tomorrow and somehow gets in the field, guess what? Uh, my Saturday might now be cleared. I, I may have to sit on the couch on Saturday and watch him play golf. That's how much I think people want to see him again. Um, and, and I think it would make a, a huge dent in in just them collecting more players Agreed. of interest. And, and again, this is about, and I've, we've talked about live for so long, just what, what the league is about and the fight with the PGA tour and all this, at some point live has to turn into a viable sports franchise. And we're sitting here talking about who's going to win this week. Is it the cliques? Is it the crushers? Yeah. Is it this team? And, and it has to become a product where like, we actually understand what's going on and we're, we're watching the product just, not because it's like, wow, this is weird new thing, but oh, because we're interested in the golf and because we have bets on the golf. They signed with U.S. Integrity a couple of weeks ago. When it becomes a better betting product and the, people can make more of an investment in what they're doing and then become more engaged in the product. Again, this just uh, to me, 
This is Sports Business 101 in 2024. You're running a league. You make it as appealing as possible to betters and fantasy players and get them involved because that's who's going to continue watching your product, the people that have a personal investment in what's actually taking place. I would say I'm on the high end of golf consumption. You know, I I watch most tournaments. I gamble on it. And last year when they went to the elevated events to try to battle live, they're giving more money out. I remember Paul McGinley went on a rant, maybe at the Masters or the U.S. Open, basically like obviously the difference of golf when it comes to money is when the football happens, you know Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, if they're healthy, are going to play. In golf, you have no clue who's going to make the weekend, which most of us that are, I would say, high-end fans or consumers or talk about like that aspect of it. And I think it feels like a lot of the old-school players, starting with Tiger back, love that part of it too. But now the money's so big, they push back. It's like, well, I can't afford to not have – seven of the top 10 guys in the tournament at home. But I'm sorry, like this week and then in a couple weeks and a lot of these tournaments now, these 75-guy fields, no cut. One, from a gambling perspective, it's way harder to gamble, I feel. Yeah. And two, like it doesn't do that much. Like, listen, I the last week, the field at the end, random guys, it was still exhilarating watching these guys come down the stretch. This doesn't do much for me. The no-cut events have never done a whole lot for me, quite honestly. Shortened fields, no cut. Have you ever had someone come up to you and go, man, this tournament's really fun, but I just wish there were like 50 fewer players in it. Like, no, that's not a thing. Let more players in, have a cut. I get it. PGA Tour, and I assume this is part of their mentality. First of all, they want to keep the players happy, and the best way to keep the best players happy, I guess, is to keep paying them and, and ensure that they're essentially, I mean, it's like an appearance fee. It's basically like there's no appearance fees on the PGA Tour, but show up this week and you will get paid. You will make a paycheck. Because Liv, Liv, has, Liv has that, right, with the no cuts. Yes. If you're in the event, you're of getting course. paid no matter what if you finish DFL. Yes. yes. Uh, the other part of this is PGA Tour's own product, PGA Tour Live, where they can put, uh, if Rory McElroy is nine shots back going into Sunday's final round this week. And they go, hey, early round coverage. Catch it on PGA Tour Live, ESPN Plus at 8.38 a.m. in the morning. Like, okay, they can show their guy. They can show the big names. I just don't know that golf fans necessarily want to watch even the biggest names when they're way back in a non-major championship event. It just doesn't have that much of an appeal. I, I, I would. Like I, you, I won't. I, cons- I won't. I consume a ton of golf. I'm not watching that. First thing in the morning, just to like, just because it's Rory, just because it's Scotty, just because it's Jordan or JT, I, I'm not watching them if they're nowhere near the lead and not in contention. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sad. I mean, golf is clearly broken right now, and there's not necessarily an end in sight, even though it feels like the deal is, I guess, getting relatively closer. I mean, one of the cooler moments, though, a couple weeks ago was, and obviously this guy's a high-end player. I mean, he's U.S. Am champ, U.S. Junior Am, only guy at Tiger Woods yeah. to do it, but still. To be in the final group against Justin Thomas and Sam Hurts, and just I don't care how many shots you start the day with a lead to win that tournament, is got to be one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen. I mean, that was incredible. I know it's an easier course or whatever. It's it's not doing it at Memorial or Riv or something, but I don't care. That that was that was freaking awesome. And we're not the only ones that think so. How about the fact that during the Chiefs Bills, one of the best playoff games that we've seen all year, and the NFL rules everything. The the PGA Tour event on Golf Channel wasn't even on network TV on Golf Channel did a pretty good rating just because people are like, whoa, there's a 20-year-old amateur who's about to beat some of the biggest names in the game. Sa- Saban uh, called in for about four stories. holes. Saban called yeah. in for about four holes when I was watching that. Yeah. That probably helped SEC country. Yeah. How I mean, it's just it's a cool story. Look, I, I said about Nick Dunlap after he won and the whole uh the whole rhetoric on on our channel on PGA Tour radio is about Will he turn pro? When will he do it? And people say, he's got to do this. He's got to do that. I said, you know what? He's got to do whatever the hell he wants to do. And if he feels like, you know what? It's time for me to turn pro, start making money, go play professionally. This is what I was going to college for. Good for him. And if he says, you know what? And we saw that video of all the Alabama teammates in the bus cheering for him and going nuts. And if he goes, yeah, I want to go hang out with my boys for three more months and go win an NCAA title, and then I'll turn pro. He should have done that. And and I just hope that 
you know, he doesn't regret this decision turning pro. I don't think he will. And uh, he's going to be a very good player for a very long time. Not to take any shine off of Nick Dunlap. I feel like those casual fans out there who are like, wait, were you guys just talking about the next big thing like a week ago? And now it's him. And now it's this guy. Uh, Nick Dunlap's not going to be a 10th of player. I don't think that Ludwig Ober is. I mean, Ludwig's a generational yeah. talent. Nick's going to be a very good player for a very long time. I, I think Obert's the real deal, though, when it comes to superstars. Yeah, t- totally agree. And the thing with Ludwig, right? I mean, he played out, was it four years in college? You know, when this guy wins this tournament, and it wasn't just, to me, if it had been whatever, uh, what's the tournament in Iowa, the Farmers Open or whatever, but it, to me, the way he did it against who he did it, what you, and obviously all the things that come along with it, you're into the events. I, yeah. I do wonder if doing it against two Ryder Cuppers was like, I don't really have a choice. Because that's kind of what it feels like. Like, he didn't really want to leave starting the week. Clearly, it wasn't his plan, even though he was right. in all these events. He had the sweet NIL deal like Ludwig did with Adidas right now. He's making money. But once you won it, it was almost like maybe even the coach is like, bro, you, you, this is, you just got to take advantage of the opportunity. Which, like you said, I hope it's one of those that golf's weird. You know, it's it's not... He clearly is a pretty good player, but if you look up in a couple of years and it hasn't gone well, he wouldn't be the first to go through that, right? I mean, if you could tell me right now, hey, I started at ESPN a week out of college. If you could say, hey, if you could go back in time, were you happy with that decision? Or we'll give you another, not that I could have stayed in college, but we'll give you another <laughs> semester of college. Uh, I, w- I would have had to fail a few more classes uh, than I ex- actually did. Uh, you go back in college, hang out with your buddies, and have like one more shot at like that to me is like that's the kind of stuff you might regret. You never regret like you know turning pro or something like that. You, you're going to regret the decision to like miss out on the reason you went there in the first place. The reason you were having a good time. I'm, I'm sure I'll have a great pro career. I'm sure either way it was going to turn out fine for him. A lot of people are. I saw a lot of people, especially on social media, who I don't think understood what it means to be an amateur bitching and moaning about the fact that he wasn't going to get paid the $1.6 million for winning that golf tournament. I'm like, that's he, he's an amateur. He can't, and he can't do it after the tournament. And Oh, by the way, don't worry about this kid. He's going to have, uh, yeah. whether at NIL deals before he turned pro, he's going to have manufacturer deals, OEM deals with uh, a bunch of companies. I'm sure he's got logos all over his gear this week. And so uh, he's going to be just fine. Let's not worry about Nick Dunlap. He's going to have uh, he's going to have a place to live, and he's going to have food on the table for as long as he needs it. I, I would say this as from a gambling perspective, gambling on Ludwig. You know, last week he missed about seven putts that me or you might have oh. made. Oh. He is so freaky. You put him at these harder courses, like I, you know, waste. It brings a lot of guys into play, but any course to me, Riv, uh, the Memorial, like he, he is going to be a major uh, if he plays the Honda. Like any course where you got to hit it pretty straight, he is a freaking machine. And if you can get two or three, it's not as much three to one now, top tens, but two and a half to one, even plus 210. To me, he's an auto hammer top 10. So the one thing, John, that I keep saying about Ludwig is more so than any other top player in the world, he makes the game look easy. You watch him play, you go, why doesn't everyone just hit it 340 straight down the middle and then hit the ball close to the hole and roll in their putt? It looks like a simple game. You watch Scotty Scheffler and you see his footwork, and you're like, dude, that looks impossible. I can't do that. You watch Rory McIlroy and you're like, that's a guy who's really good. Again, I play golf and I'm like, I can't do what he's doing. You watch Ludwig and you're like, he barely looks like he's swinging at it. He just hits the crap out of the ball every single time. I'm telling you, he's... He's got some John Rom qualities, I think, to him without the uh, maybe the aggression. I, I I don't know if he's got the same internal desire to go win. We're going to find that out over the next couple of years. But other than that, he's good. Enough. I was talking about that one and done pool earlier where I, I have Justin Thomas to win Phoenix. I have Ludwig to win the Masters this year. Now, granted, a lot of that is game theory. It's not necessarily I'm betting on Ludwig to win the Masters his first ever major. But a lot of it's game theory. It's trying to be contrary and take a guy that no one else can have. But uh, I'm confident enough that I think he will play well in his first trip around Augusta that I'm taking him there. That's how much I like. Uh, I, you know, a lot of times with the younger guys, I watched him a lot of Tory. 
it's not even just their putting, it's just their short game. He had a couple chips, like a bunker shot, a chip like he was over the green. It was like, this guy's got touch. It's just the putter. And it's just from what yeah. I've been told by people that have been around, I'm like, this putter's just kind of streaky. You know, yep. it's, it's not like yep. he's got some Tony Finau weird stroke going, Zalatoris. He, he's going to, he, when he gets hot on a given week, everything else in his game, elite. <laughs> I mean, elite. Obviously, short game I will mean, improve a little bit, but his tee to green is top-notch on the PGA Tour, and his chipping is fine. This guy's not, like, starting where Victor started or anything, you know? Can we talk about Tony Finau's putting as someone who what bet on him last going week? On with that? I mean, what? It's so bad. I Here's the deal. By the way, it always... It always comes back to kick me in the teeth every single time. You on a course like Torrey Pines, where you want to take the ball striker, it's like T to green. It's this course has teeth, and this course is tough. And this course, I want the guys who are big, brawny ball strikers. And you pick those guys, they get into contention. Then you see that they can't make a three footer, even sniff the hole. And it's like, oh, well, that's uh, yeah, well, ball striking is great, but you can't make a putt. You're not going to win a golf tournament. And so, Feet I was like that. I had Taylor Pendrith last week who four putted from 20 feet on the second hole and still finished uh like three or four back. It, that that didn't help. Um so yeah, there was there was a lot of that going on last and week. And Tori forces you to just, you know, flip up Tiger 08 and you watch him hitting above the hole. You're like, none of these guys would get remotely close on this putt. I mean, not nah. even close. You know, on nope. a on a Thursday, let alone Sunday, you know, to make it to Monday, no fucking chance. Speaking of yeah, Tiger, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would say he physically looked a little better at the Hero, just not, yeah. and obviously he talked about the surgery was more for the long term. Uh, what's crazy is I, during Tory, I was clicking on his PJ Tour page. Until he got in that accident, he was playing pretty good golf in like 18 and 19. Like he, I, he was yeah. never going to probably be the number one player in the world, but he was going to be a factor on the tour for a while. That clearly derailed him and it got, it got tough to watch. Uh, last year when it was super cold at the Masters, uh, it was hard to watch if you, you know. Now it feels like that that's probably not going to happen anymore, and even he admitted once a month. Uh, that feels a little bold. Uh, I'll also believe it when I see it. But, you know, do we get Tiger four majors and two or three other tournaments this year? That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that. And Do you think we get that? You well if and... I said over under yeah. till the Tour Championship, seven tournaments, including majors, that high or low? I mean, I, I would think the plan is – pretty much a blueprint right now that he's going to play Riv. He's going to play the players championship, then get into major championship mode, uh, masters PGA U S open and the open championship. Uh, and, and if he plays well enough at any of those, like maybe then he has to make a decision about the FedEx cup playoffs, but that's a good decision to have to make. Um, it, by you don't the way, think like a memorial exemption. or something like that in the middle of the year. No, I, I think that's too close to it's like it's two weeks after the PGA and two weeks before the U.S. Open. So I, I just don't think he's going to do it. Um, yeah, and, and I don't, I don't think that's, you know, I think Jack will understand. I don't think that's a big deal. But uh, <laughs> once he gets into major championship season, it's just going to be majors, and, and he, I, I think his play is dependent largely upon the weather. Uh, you know, Pinehurst for the U.S. Open, that helps. It's a, a flatter golf course than some of the U.S. It's not Bethpage. It's not uh, Oakmont. You know, it's not a big ballpark like that. Should be able to walk it. Should be nicer weather. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, am I optimistic about Tiger this year and playing some good golf? Not really, but am I going to sit there and say, there's no way he can do it. I'm going to write him off. He's not even going to make a cut. Of course not. Yeah, we've been here a million times with Tiger already. Uh, the guy's proven it all of those times in the past. Sure, he can certainly come back and he play, can play good golf again. Two guys I'm going to ride throughout the year, you know, for top tens will be Jason Day and Keegan Bradley. Another guy that I, I'm going to keep a close eye on is uh, is Hideki, who I, I think for the first time in a while showed a little signs of life that he just, I, not to win, but just you can get some decent odds. Sometimes he's like 40 to one and he just has. At any moment, he can go six, seven under and get right back, like he did the other on Sunday at Tory Pines. He's on my do not playlist right now. <laughs> I am, I, I am off Hideki. Look, I had too many times yeah. over the last few years where I played Hideki, and yeah. the neck injury shows itself on a Friday, and all of a sudden he withdraws or just starts playing worse, and you know, it, and it all uh, falls apart there. So. 
you got, yeah, you got a name. You got a name. You got a name for none of those top five, six, uh, ten guys that you kind of like just trending into this year. A JT JT Poston's another guy I like. Nikolai Hoygaard just walked by like two seconds ago, and I was looking at him. He's he's not bad. Uh, Rory McIlroy is walking five feet away from me right now. He seems like a pretty good player. So, uh, you know, I I, I take so Rory, Rory. John says hi. He's, He's he's just out of earshot. So if I talk about how much I like Rory, he's not even going to hear me. So, um, yeah, he might have to walk about three feet closer right now. But uh, let's see. Other guys that I really like this year, it always depends. I, I write a column at the beginning of every year called The Leap, and I'm trying to predict guys to be um, jumping into that next echelon. So, yeah, Victor Hovland, I think, is going to win a major. I don't think it's going to surprise anybody when I say, oh, I think Victor Hovland's pretty good. Yeah, like, yeah, no kidding. Uh, if we're looking for a guy to like win for the first time on tour, Bo Hostler's a guy that I've been on for a while. And even this week at Pebble Beach could be a really good week for him. He's played well here the last couple of years. So he's a guy that I like. I don't know necessarily that he's going to go out and win a major championship. He's not going to be a household name, but I like him. I think he's a good player. So, you know, it kind of depends on what you're asking of a player, like what kind of jump they're looking to make. But, uh, those are some of the names. Okay, I'll, I'll end it with this then. Is there any chance that you would bet on a guy in that top group, at least the Ryder Cup names, the Xanders, the Cantleys, the Tonys that have never won a major this year? To, what, what would it take for you to pick one of those guys in one of the four big tournaments? Um, It's so hard in those where... Obviously, Xander and Tony have had success in them. Patrick, for the most part, has not. As of right now, between those three, I mean, I, I'd have to dissect everything. Xander's probably the name that I would go with over Cantley and Finau. Um, you know, just uh, as it comes to mind with Rory walking past me right here, that Rory was on the policy board last year. Rory did not play his best golf for most of the year, only won the Scottish Open. Patrick Cantley on the policy board right now. I don't think most people understand how much work that is for these guys. It's not like, hey, once a month we get on a little Zoom call and, you know, we talk about things with the PGA Tour and then go away and go play golf. Like, he gets done with rounds and has phone calls to answer and emails yeah. to look at. I mean, there's like especially now a second job. Yeah, it's really tough. And I think that Cantley is going to be the perfect example of a guy that just isn't going to be able to play his best golf when there's all this other stuff going on. Uh, so Xander of those guys, watch out for Homa. I'm telling you, like Max Homa yeah. has not had any major championship success to speak of. I would not be surprised if he goes out and wins a major for the first time this year, too. He's really, really, really talented. Speaking of the other tour, I mean, one guy that starts showing signs of life that clearly has a high ceiling is Bryson. You know, and I, I just he's hard to it's hard to know what those guys are doing over there. But I do think it's fair to say he takes golf seriously. Right. He's not yeah. a slappy that's not trying no. practicing. So no, he's trying. I, I do think if, you, if his odds are just could be a little out of whack, like if he was playing on the PGA Tour and playing well, he'd be a 20 to one or above guy. If you start seeing the majors and you get him 35, 40, 45 to one, which depending on how he's playing and live is there might be some value there for a guy that's just truly going to try, you know, in practice. Yeah, I don't mind. Look, if you can get Bryson at, it might need to be a little bit bigger number than that. Yeah, 50, 40, 45 to one, one you know, yeah, U.S. Open. Like the master, he just went to Augusta National. Bob Harrick from Sports Illustrated just wrote about him uh, taking a little practice trip to Augusta National recently. That, play, that place is owned him, for that. I, I, I wouldn't I, touch him there. You know what? Depends on the number. If, if you can give me a big number on Bryson, I might take a little shot on that just because the upside is there. And yeah. again, when we're betting outrights, if you're if you're betting top 10s, you said you've had really good luck with top 10s so far this year, and I, I love that. And I, I, I say this all the time. I'm going on a little tangent here, but uh, for those who don't regularly bet on golf and want to start betting on golf. My first thing, my first piece of advice is to know what type of better you are because that'll help shape the way you bet. If you're a guy that just says, Hey, you know what? I'm going to throw 20 bucks out there. I'm going to put five bucks on four different guys with a hundred to one odds or bigger. And I just want to hit a lottery ticket, have something yeah. to watch on a Sunday. If I lose, no big deal. Fine. Just understand that that's who you are. If you're someone who goes, I have worked hard for this money. I have made this money myself. I don't want to lose money. I need to turn a profit. Top 10s, but top 20s, top 40s. I mean, you can bet, guys. I was looking this week. Maverick McNeely, who I kind of like this week, has had some success at Pebble Beach. He's even money for a top 40, where essentially you just have to be in the top half of the field this week. I mean, there there's some good numbers out there. So um, 
Bryson's a guy, going back to the Bryson conversation, Bryson's not necessarily a guy that I'm going to bet heavily for a top 10, top 20 in a major championship because the floor is pretty low, but the ceiling's really high. And if he puts it all together for four days, sure, Bryson can win a tournament. So I don't mind the outright play, but I don't want to, I don't want to play the floor play because I, I don't know that that floor is ever necessarily going to be pretty high. Where are you getting drinks the next couple nights? Spanish Bay? Ah, yeah, we'll see what happens. We got we got some options around here. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'll put it this way. I, I'm staying nowhere close to here, and uh, <laughs> I still don't have my rental car, so I, I might be uh, beholden to uh, some buddies and see where we where we wind up this week. Uh, you know, they the got, they got you out in the Central Valley. The price points are pretty expensive yeah. right around there in Beverly yeah. Beach. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a uh, little, little out of my, uh, Gilroy. my company's price range. Uh, <laughs> Salinas this week. Uh, I've been there. I've been Salinas. Bigger, bigger question might be where I'm playing golf on Thursday, not where I'm where I'm drinking. So we'll see what happens. Well, make sure you bring your rain jacket. Good talking to you, Silva. I, I, I need enough people to cancel their rounds on Thursday for me to get it on, off the alternate list. <laughs> Take it easy. Talk soon. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. volume Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. It's Freddie Prince Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.